0: Welcome to the ID10T podcast number 1032. If you're going to be in Tacoma, Washington, December 12, 13, 14, I'll be at the Tacoma Comedy Club. Uh, so you can just find them on the internet using Google or whatever search tool, or you can go to id10t.com slash tour. But now let's talk about the corkboard, which is you, the ID10T listener, who are sharing your thing or thing that someone made that you like, that you are trying to help support events at id10t.com. Like MD Metro, who writes... I've written a mystery novella, the first in a series, and I'm self-publishing it on Amazon Kindle. The Nostalgia Crypt, a Matt Molster mystery, is a story about a self-deprecating comic book jockey who sets out to find a missing young woman, only to be caught up in something slightly more dubious and dangerous than he expected. It's a cross between Fletch and Mallrats and will be available November 26th, just in time for your Thanksgiving break speed reading. That is a good cross between Fletch and Mallrats. That is fantastic. So, yeah, people should go find that. If you want to share your thing, events at id10t.com. This episode is uh, a young man by the name of Norman Reedus who's on a little show called The Walking Dead. Uh, which is, the mid-season finale is this Sunday at 9 p.m. Followed by the mid-season finale of Talking Dead. Um, that would be the 24th of November. If you're listening to this after that, then you missed it. But uh, if not, then go ahead and watch either of both those shows. Norman also does Ride on AMC, which is really, really fun. It's essentially like a podcast, but on motorcycles. So uh, I I recorded this with Norman at Comic-Con in San Diego in July. So when we refer to Comic-Con and July in San Diego, that's why. So uh, here we go. This is the ID10T. And by the way, Norman is just such a sweet dude. And very wise. I don't know. There's real good stuff in here about flexibility and sort of living life as it comes. And you'll kind of hear some of the stuff that he went through. And, you know, he's told a lot of stories I'd never actually heard before. So, you know, whether or not you are super familiar with uh, Walking Dead or Norman or whatever, I still think that there's there's something for you to get out of this as a creative entity. So here's the ID10T podcast number 1032 with Mr. Norman Reedus.
1: I did Dan Folger's. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. I've done I've done a few, and there's you know um, I've become friends with uh, Terry Miles, and he does that Rabbits. Mm-hmm. Have you, do you know that podcast? No. Oh, it's fucking great. It's great. It's like a it's almost like a Stranger Things sort of story, but, but like real nerdy. Like it's all about finding clues oh my and games. God, that's fantastic. It's, it's awesome. Man. It
0: is. I mean, this, we are in a podcast renaissance. There's literally yeah. a podcast for anything, yeah. anyone. I mean, it's. The idea that we are so oversaturated with great content. I mean, it's there's a glut of good content in our culture right now. Yeah, he's, he's, he has like four or five
1: podcasts, and I think he sold four of them to television shows. Oh, God. Like to NBC, great. I think he sold one. Oh, that's yeah. great. Yeah, for real. That makes and, me happy. And he got in on it like in the beginning, and it's his whole living is making podcasts.
0: That's fantastic. Yeah, I don't think – I <sighs> think technically there was one year, and it might have been the first year – It might have been the first year that Walking Dead was at Comic-Con. I think they let me post that as a podcast, that first panel. Oh, right Which was like my unofficial audition for Talking Dead, I think.
1: No shit. (laughs) (laughs) It was like
0: 2011. It was that summer when you guys first did it.
1: Wow. Are we rolling?
0: Yeah. Oh, we're doing it. Okay, great. It's happening. But uh, I think the thing that's been most fun for me to watch the past eight years, nine years, ten years, is in the beginning... You used to get super nervous talking and like up on the panel and oh, yeah. then coming on our show and now you're just yourself like the evolution of the comfort level mm. and the sort of playing around with the audience and stuff. I mean, it were you not used to doing live stuff before? Was it just kind of a strange thing to do?
1: Yeah, I was. I always, I, I, I don't know. I, you know, I, I've always been nervous speaking in public. I mean, even you know in the classroom. You know, in, in grade school I was not the guy that r- raised my hand because I didn't want to talk um but I you know it's it's uh it, it it's I, I guess just from doing it over and over you know and, and, and I've kind of it you know you everywhere you go you're just people are on you all the time so you I kind of got rid of that shyness you know I mean when I'm doing a, a scene or something I still get a little nervous when uh I, I, you know what am I talking about I still get fucking nervous all the time. But for some reason the Comic-Con world I've kind of settled into it. I mean, you also yeah.
0: they love you too. So it's like you're you're coming into a warm room where you know people. It's not like you're going to get up on stage and go, "Yeah, fuck that guy." You know, like yeah. they they are very happy to see you.
1: Yeah, I, you know and I and I you know, I daydream a lot. So like in the beginning, you know, I'd be nervous and then I'd daydream and I'd be trying to pay attention, you know, and and. Uh, I think that that helps me become super nervous. You know, uh, you know, even you know, because how you do it, you start at the end and you kind of work your way down. And you, you, I'd be like two people away from me. I'm like, oh god, oh, god, oh god, and then the next person, I'm like, oh god, oh god, oh god, oh god, and I'm just like, my, you know, I'm sweating and I'm freaking out. But now it's kind of, you know, I'm just and, and doing ride too. I think helped a bit, you know.
0: Well, that show is basically an outdoor podcast.
1: Yeah, it is. You're I right. mean, because because
0: yeah. it's like the. The and it's genius because the the riding around of ride the show is just an excuse to like hang out with people and talk to people and get to know people and yeah. and and sort of humanize people.
1: Yeah, and 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 I'm I'm on the other end now. So like you know you know when Dave Chappelle was on it, I could tell he was kind of nervous, you know, <laughs> and you know Marilyn Manson, you know, he got over it real quick. But uh, people get nervous, you know, and I'm the one that's kind of like trying to engage them in conversation. Um, so I, you know, I get both sides of it. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, in a way
0: you kind of do the same, you kind of do the same thing. Exactly. Yeah.
1: But you do, I mean, the thing that
0: fascinates me about you is, and I, and I suspect all the stuff that you do, most people probably don't even know about it. I feel like you have like secret art stuff that you do for yourself. Cause I know there's photography and there's, mm-hmm. it's, you,
1: you paint as well. You know I, I used to paint a lot and then I kind of got into doing sculptures in, in wood and metal. And and then I had a little moment with rock. Um, and then I kind of ended up doing more photography. I, you know, I did, you know, photography in high school. And, you know, you take the class and you're in the dark room and you go to, like, a cemetery and you just shoot a cemetery over and over again. Um, but I, I still do stuff. You know, I, I just had a show in Paris not too long ago. I had one in Barcelona. Uh, we're putting together one in Tokyo right now. I'm going to do something in our Basel this year. And the head director of the Paris Contemporary uh, Photography Show that they do every year, the big one, just sent me a letter and asked me to to do that one this year. (laughs) So (laughs) I I still do the art stuff. I used to have a gallery in New York um, on Bowery and Kinmare called Collective Hardware. And and what used to happen in New York is I had a group of friends that we would – we would make these weird little films, and you know, so and so has a camera, so and so has the lights, and you know, we would, you know, some, make masks and do these things. But we'd make we make these weird little art films and stuff, and we would play them around New York, and you know, and that turned into two of my friends who would DJ with Mexican wrestling masks on, and I would wear a panda bear mask, and I was Pandito, <laughs> and I there was a there was an, a a program that you could do to dj video clips and so what i would do is i'd have like 10 screens in a room they would dj up there with their masks on i'd be over there right next to them on the computer and i'd be shooting different things on these on these things and we kind of did that for a little while um but the art gallery uh we you know the first floor was a gallery the Uh, The base, the basement floor was a creature effects shop, and we'd make like saber-toothed tigers for the Discovery Channel. Oh my God! Yeah, and then every floor above that, you know, there was like, you know, people blowing glass. There was people welding. There was people painting. You know, all it was like a factory. That was the idea: is to make like a Warhol factory. And um, um, you know, like Ronnie Catrone was in there. Like, you know, Ronnie used to work with Andy Warhol and then he became a a big painter on his own. He'd do like those big Woody Woodpeckers and underdogs. Oh, right, 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 right. That's Ronnie. Um, And then that place, you know, I started doing movies and stuff and, uh, you know, more on a regular basis. And uh, that place kind of turned into a party house, like everything in New York does after six months, you know what I mean? So that kind of fell apart. It caught on fire at one point. Um, But, yeah, I'm always dabbling in – stuff.
0: Yeah, but that's the I, I think that kind of like the dabbler is is a good I don't know, it's a good life because you you try something for a while and then you get inspired by something else and yeah. each thing kind of bleeds into the next and it's like and and also the the crossing platform of skill sets like, oh things I learned as a painter I might take into photography and things I learned as a sculptor I might take into totally. this or that or this. And it's yeah. so it it becomes this unique artistic animal because of all these weird little fun things that you do along the way.
1: It also, I think helped me get over the fear that you're talking about in the beginning, because whatever your process is to be able to do things, it, uh, it, it was kind of, you know, I'm, I, I didn't go to school. So I, I, on any of this stuff, acting, none of it. So certain things would trigger certain things and they, they all kind of bleed together. Um, and it helped me. I think that was kind of my secret uh, crutch. You know what I mean? To, to learn how, to, you know, certain things would trigger certain other things, which would give me ideas about other things. And you know, I like I, I was in Berlin. I went to the Berlin Film Festival to get a a Rising Star Award like ages ago. And the first night i got hit by a 18 wheeler and I, you know i have a titanium eye socket my left. i know eye yeah it's yeah. like
0: that was like almost 15 years ago yeah
1: so i'm there doing that um i get hit by the truck i go into the hospital and right before i got to berlin i had read this this article about miles davis and and it, he used to just fuck with people just to just get a response right and this lady's interviewing him, and she has him at dinner at this fancy restaurant. And he's he says something really crude about about her children across there, just to get a rise out of her. And he used to fight with his his wife at the time, Betty Davis, who's that? I don't know if you know her as a singer. Okay, she, she's like, "Cause I don't want to love you," like, just "Oh, right, funky, funky." Yeah, and so I read that. I'm in the hospital this friend of mine, this director, he, he brought me, asked him for these little army men. So I, I put these little army men all on the floor <laughs> and I would take a little video camera and I would videotape camera moves and I wrote a script about being inside the head of Miles Davis. So I snuck out of, and then I would send that stuff to a producer in LA, this friend of mine, and I would sneak out of, yeah, I snuck out of the hospital like two weeks early, flew to LA and made a movie about being inside the head of Miles Davis. And at the very end of it, you kind of go into a reflection of of the sound booth, and like those old Blue Note album covers, you see the reflection of Miles Davis, and so that's how you connect those. So, I got all the way to the end of it, and uh, the only thing I didn't have was a reflection shot. And I go out on Hollywood Boulevard, and you know, because we shot it at the Roosevelt Hotel in that big ballroom, mm-hmm. and uh, I go out there and I light a cigarette, and I'm like, oh, I got everything but this, and the dude that was supposed to do it didn't show up, so I didn't have my Miles Davis, and I. Uh, I light a cigarette and I hear this. Hey, can I bum a smoke? And I turn on this dude looks just like Miles Davis, and I was like, if I pay you a couple hundred dollars and shave your hair back a little bit, can I just borrow you for like an hour? And sure. Oh my! It, gosh. You know, so everything kind of bleeds into other things. Like, you know, it helps to be behind the camera sometimes, and not, you know, I guess if you're a DP or you're a photographer, then you know, to see the shot, but. To direct these little things and see the nervousness with people and figure out how to talk to them and make them less nervous, I think helps me become less nervous.
0: Yeah, but there's also, but there's also the, um, but there's also the idea of uh, uh, that you kind of have this safety net where you know, you just kind of know, like, well, I'm going to try this. If that doesn't work, I'll go try something else. I'll try this. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't seem to me because obviously the acting stuff is going real well right now. But I also feel like if you, for whatever reason, didn't, if it, if you, like, you'd be fine. Like, if it feels to me like you'll be, you'd be fine no matter what. And I think, number one, because that seems to me to be your essence, I think that translates into the character of Daryl, which is one of the reasons why I think people are so drawn to him, because it feels like he's going to be okay. And, but, and I think that comes from you. It's clear that you have that in you.
1: I think, you know, I, I think... I mean, at least for me, like, if you're open to just whatever's going to happen, you're going to make it work. Like, you know, you'd be nervous if this doesn't look right. And you're like, don't the camera people are going to make you look cool, you know. But if if you're open to think, you know, like I, the very first day of Walking Dead that, you know, the episode three that I was on, I didn't know how I was going to play this character. I didn't know I had an idea of like just being a nasty redneck dude. and And I didn't know the depths of that. And the first scene I'm in, well, the second scene, you know, I, I go up to, you know, to Merle. You know, I'm like, or I'm like, uh, I'm like, Merle, get down here. I'm going to stew up these squirrels, right? And I'm like super fucking nervous. And, you know, Andy and John and Sarah and all of them have be- had become really good friends already, you know? And they, they were doing press together and stuff. And then... I was like the new guy and I was super fucking nervous and I have to say these crazy lines and I'm swinging strings of squirrels and I'm like (laughs) I'm like you know what the fuck and I was I had such a I was so nervous but you know I, I walk away from the group and then I turn around and I start to confront Andy and I see all their faces and they're all fucking kind of judging me seeing what I'm gonna do and I was like Oh, this this guy's got a chip on his shoulder. So I was like, you know, I just played it like that and then I slowly found at least the first half of what we've done that way, you know, just being open to whatever's gonna happen, and, mm-hmm. you know. And that happened, found that. And then as a group, you know, Andy and John, when they're figuring things out, trying to figure out where this goes, that goes, they would start they would look at me and include me in the conversation after a little while. And I sort of ran with it. You yeah. Know? So it kind of naturally developed.
0: Which right? was reflected in the character, which is that yeah. he slowly was accepted over time. Exactly. I mean it's so funny to me yeah. that the show has been on for so long. It's like, oh yeah, season two, Daryl, was different. I uh, mean, those old pictures of us, we all looked like we're twelve. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> I mean yeah. we were very much adults at the time, but we all but we all just looked like we were twelve. It's yeah. just so funny how Long that has been going on. Yeah. The characters have evolved that it's, much, it,
1: and it naturally goes that way. You know the the uh, as new characters come on, sometimes I'm sometimes I'm the guy on the show that they go. Well, if you accept this character, the audience will accept this character, and you know, like they did it with Cutlets, they've done it with a few people, and 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 it'll be it won't go in line with what we're talking about. It won't go systematically from. The first episode to where we're at it'll be out of character for me to do that you know and and sometimes i have to do that but eventually it always kind of finds its footing mm-hmm. you know those, those relationships i mean it's,
0: it's it's still and i don't want to gloss over the fact that you got hit by a truck you were in a hospital they put a plate in your face
1: well i just you know i brought that up because you said you'll be fine doing other artwork and, and I was in that situation, you were in that and situation. I found something to do. Yes, yeah.
0: because yeah. you because I know you were you were modeling at the time. I did a product campaign. You did a product campaign in yeah. Boondock Saints. By that point, was like five or six years old. Yeah, and uh, and everyone loved that movie, and the, and so I understand why you were there. I mean, just the juxtaposition of you're there to get a rising star award, and you get hit by a truck, and then is it? It you must have had the. You must have had to go through, like, what the fuck is? am I going to do? Like, is everything ruined? Is everything yeah. gone? Everything that I've worked for, it was just starting to work out. It's lost. I'm never going to work again.
1: It, You know, I mean, I looked, like my face looked like hamburger for a long time. You know, they would, at one point, they, they would put me in the hotel across the street, you know, because I was in the hospital forever, and they put me there, and a nurse would come and check on me every day, and I'd answer the door, and I could tell by her face looking at me if I was getting better, you know, but she'd be like, you know, like literally, look That's at me incredible. like like I was a hunchback or something. And and but it, you know, it, it all kind of works itself out in a weird. The craziest part about that too is, um I was supposed to go back to you know at, after the concert. I was supposed to where I was going was back to the hotel to meet a, a director from Denmark. And and uh, you know, obviously never made it back to the hotel and while I'm in that hotel that I'm talking about across from the hospital, I start answering emails, you know, and she's emailing me, Hey, I was this person that was supposed to meet you, you know, and I you know, I'm, you know, on morphine and all this stuff, my emails are just ridiculous. And and she ended up making a movie called Meet Me in Berlin, a short film about never meeting me in Berlin and it played at the Danish film festival. And so there's a movie about that that happened that way. You, you know, it's super weird.
0: Well, yeah, no, but that's but what you're describing between that and setting up the army men and making the thing and bailing out of the hospital 2 weeks early, which was a, an insane thing to do, would I would I would be I would have been asked to stay longer. Like, I, I'm, are you sure I can leave? Are you sure uh, I can leave? Okay. I should stay.
1: No one spoke spoke English. I was kind <laughs> of losing my mind, you know.
0: But between what between that film that she made and the thing you're doing, you're essentially talking about um, taking horrible things and making art with them.
1: But if you look at my art, it looks like that. It, <laughs> it looks like, you know, I like to find the pretty and the ugly. You know, I like, I, I, I make pretty things out of grotesque images, you know? And, and a lot of people have said that to me, like, you know, in the intros to my first photography book, you know, I had people, I had, uh, Kim Gordon and, uh, Debbie Harry, Andy Lincoln did it. Um, I, I. Maybe Guillermo del Toro did it. But I have all these intros in there, and they're all kind of saying that. Like you you, you take the grotesque and you make a beautiful image out of it. So, it, which I didn't realize I was doing really, to be honest. But they, it, I, you know, if you're open to whatever is going to come, I think you can, it just sort of settles by itself. Which is know? a very hard thing for a lot of people to do
0: because, <clears throat> you know, we want to feel safe. And being able to kind of control your environment and try to control outcomes that you is at least a perceived level of safety, I mean, I think of course it's an illusion. nothing is really certain nothing is very few things are certain certain right, right and so if you know what you're talking about is essentially moving with life and just sort of riding the wave of it and i and I think that's i mean, I really do think it's the best way to live if if you can figure it out, but it is hard to let that go because you know, you always, you want to be prepared. Oh my God, if something goes on, it's like earthquake. Oh, there's going to be earthquake. Okay, let's go, we'll get all these boxes, we'll get all these food, we'll get all this water, we'll get, you know, but again, you can only be so prepared for everything. Yeah. So at what point do you just sort of let go and just,
1: and, you know, live life? I mean, you know, I mean, I left home in a real, I left home when I was 12, so. <laughs> How did you, know, you do that? Because I, it's a long story, but the, I ended up in an apartment complex playing tennis with my friend's mother who was a big tennis player, but I would go over there and like get food. And sometimes she would buy me sneakers and you know, that's where the food was. Mm -hmm. And it was my, you know, my friend's house and the mom kind of adopted me. Cause you know, I was just roaming the streets and she taught me how to play tennis and I got really good at tennis and I played a tennis tournament and won the tennis tournament and, I would just, I just knocked the shit out of the ball and it's all I did. Get down low and knock the shit out of it. And I got really good. And a tennis coach came and was like, you know, tried to, he told me he wanted to take me and train me and take me to like Volatari's and John Newcomb's and these schools for tennis. And I was like, well, you got to talk to my mom. And, (laughs) and he showed up. And at the time the living arrangement wasn't so great. So she was like, you should go. I'm like, what? She's let me go. And so I, your mom did or the adopted mom? My mom did. My real mom. So, um, but that's why I played tennis was the adopted mom. Sure. But we weren't adopted. She was just my friend's mother.
0: And your mom thought it's better for you to have take this opportunity yeah. than to stay yeah. here. It was,
1: it was, there was a physical situation that was like, you know, so sure. I, it was just like, you should go. I was like, what the fuck? But I kind of went with it and it turned into this and turned into that. And, and, you know, I think because I started out, like, I don't know what's around the corner where am I going? What am I doing? Like, and just like, you know, I never planned on being an actor. I, I, you know, I would never thought I was good enough at painting or photography or anything like that. I just liked doing it. So I just did it. And, you know, I know how to, I know how to, to live very cheaply. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I know how to make a box of uh, cornflakes last a long time, you know? Right. So it it wasn't like I was asking for much, you know, I wasn't, Trying to get to the top of a mountain, I was just trying to, like, you know, walk around it, you know. It's 3 o'clock somewhere. Time for a My Mochi ice cream snack. My Mochi ice cream is cool, creamy scoops of premium ice cream wrapped in sweet, pillowy
0: dough. And get this...
1: You know who you are with the joyfully chill sensation of My Mochi ice cream. Find My Mochi ice cream at Target or visit MyMochi.com to locate a grocery store near you. So it, I, I think if like you're nervous about, you know, and you hear a crazy story? Yes. Okay. So I'm, in, I'm, I'm doing a ride, right? So I'm, I'm on a plane from Costa Rica flying to Uruguay oh and I, I have a backpack with like, you know, four pairs of dirty underwear and three pairs of dirty socks in it. And I'm covered in dust. Because it, it's dirt bikes all through Costa Rica. And no time to do anything except make this plane. So I'm filthy. Like, there's dirt all over me. And I'm just, I must smell horrible. I'm sitting on this plane. And there's this guy sitting next to me. And he's probably 65. And he's got shorts on. And he's kind of looking at me. And, he, and I can tell, you know, he's he's not like me, really. So people are going up and down the plane. Hey, can I get an autograph? The stewardess can I get a picture. And it's happening for an hour, right? And finally, he leans over and he goes, he goes, Who are you? And I said, Oh, I'm on a TV show. That's what that is. And we start talking for a minute. And then I'm like, What about you? And he goes, I own one of the largest fortune 500 companies in the world. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, and he said, he goes, he tells me the story. He says, his mom dies, right? And he's, you know, on her deathbed and she says, please do me a favor, run away. And he he doesn't know what she means, but he's, you know, trying to be there. Is and he young at this point? Is he? No, no, this oh. was, this was 10 months ago. Oh my God. And then his wife died like seven months ago. Oh my God. And when his wife died, he realized what his mom said. Cause you know, he goes home and there's no one there. And you know, they, I guess maybe they talked about it, but. He tells the other people with this company, he's like, can you guys take care of the company? I'm going to leave for a while. And for seven months, this guy has been like, hey, my my name is so-and-so. And Uh, and they're like, you know what, you should go to Bolivia. And he's like, okay. And he'll just go to Bolivia. And he was on his way to Uruguay. He said he had just left Chile. And he he was out in the middle of nowhere, and there's an intersection. And he's looking around, and there's no one for miles. And he takes out his phone. And he puts on a Prince song and he puts it up on the crosswalk thing and just starts dancing like crazy. Like no one's around just dancing like crazy. And he's telling me the story and he goes, he's he looks me right in the eyes and he goes, you know, I've worked my entire life to be successful and make a lot of money. And it's just, it's been nonstop. He goes, I've wasted my whole life. And he's like, if I knew now, if I knew then what I know now, he goes, I wasted my whole life. He goes, I've, all of this, and he goes, I wasted it, and that dude, he was look, he was standing, telling me stuff like he was a little kid, you know, like that. You can get trapped up with like trying to get to the top of the mountain, and it's like a thing, and the you know, it it can weigh you down and make you nervous about everything. But he was happ- He was happier now than I think he was two years ago. Well, sure, yeah.
0: because he's there. There's that thing where. You know, we can attach our identities so much to our ambitions. And that's really dangerous because your ambitions are generally tied to external things that you not only can't control, but also aren't really innately who you are. They're just things that you want. Yeah. But then those things can go away. Like, winds change, shifts, there's earthquakes, there's this, there's that, things fall away, things change. You know, and then if your ego's attached to that, then you're you're fucked. And it sounds like he, and thankfully, he... Realized this before he was on his own deathbed yeah. that there's really something about being a citizen of life about living life rather than putting off the living of life to acquire things that you think are it's just like that fucking carrot is always out there, yeah. and it's never gonna be enough it's yeah. never gonna be enough until you you know, let it all go and focus on the present. And, it's like and watching a life.
1: concert through your iPhone, <laughs> right? So that you can post the concert that you're not watching,
0: <laughs> and then you're not going to go back and watch it on your phone yeah. later anyway. Yeah,
1: it, I mean, it really is. You know, the you, you ever hear that, this book called The Book of Letters? Uh, it sounds familiar. What is it? But it's just letters, but it, there's one of the letters about Nick Cave. He, Nick Cave writes a letter that he's about to win like an MTV, you know, Recording Artist of the Year or something. And he writes a letter to them saying, "I can't accept the award. Because I feel like if I accept the award, my muse will leave me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's 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 that sort of doing it. You do you know you do it because you want to do it. You don't do it to win the prize. You know right. what I mean?
0: Yeah. I wonder. I mean, there must. I can understand. I mean, I definitely can understand that. I also wonder, like, you know, is there?" Is there a happy medium somewhere where it's like, you know, you can show, you, you, you can allow yourself maybe to do that, and maybe it's for other people. Maybe yeah. it's just so that they can say, hey, thanks, hey, we appreciate what you're doing. And then if somehow you are able to still separate yourself, you know, your, your real self from that, yeah. you still can remain intact. I mean, this kind of reminds me about how Andy Lincoln would never watch the show because he didn't want his performance mm-hmm. affected.
1: Did he watch it? He's He's let a couple of things slip every once in a while. he goes, "You know, you know that scene last night and I'm like what are you talking about because I know you don 't remember that scene from six months ago, you know but I, I never pushed him. you know what I mean I mean, I know probably Gail watched a lot of it and told him exactly what happened, but he might he might have snuck in the room once or twice, yeah,
0: yeah maybe he'll watch now, maybe yeah. he'll, maybe he 'll watch now, but but I do think it's it Figuring out how to live in the present, figuring out how to simplify, figuring out how to, you know, not focus too much on the past, not be weighed down by the past and not be hindered by the future yeah. is a real, you know, it's a real skill. And it sounds like you were, it sounds like you naturally evolved that way because you had to, you yeah. know, that was your... Or that, I was curious. You or know, maybe was, you were curious. Was, what's
1: right on that corner? Yeah, but, you know, it's, it's, it's... It's evolved, you know, like, I wish I never read a comment section of anything in a, on the internet. You should Ever. You shouldn't. I, I gotta tell you, like, I, you know, I got into a trap of that a couple of seasons ago. And I'm like, what the fuck? You, you know, like, what is wrong with you? You know, like, <laughs> you know, it's like that Jane's Addiction song and Perry goes, if you got some big fucking singer, why don't you sing me something? You know, like, it, it, I was like... I I, I, there's parts of the internet and parts of people hiding behind anonymous posts that are just nasty that I got wrapped up into for a second. And I was like, Oh, my God, you know, they're like, you know, whether it be something physical, or they're, you know, they'll attack somebody that you're with, or they'll just be they'll just hate, hate, hate on everything. And you're like, my God, what's wrong with you?
0: I mean, it's one thing. Like, listen, everyone's allowed to criticize. Hey, I don't like this thing. I don't like that thing. I, you know, even say, hey, I, don't, I, I didn't really understand your performance. I didn't like your performance. Fine, that's your opinion. But when it gets to like, you're a fucking piece of shit, and you
1: should yeah. choke
0: on a turd and fuck off, and anyone, your family should die. And then it's like, yeah. okay, well,
1: that's that's different. We that's need not to watch the show or not watch it. Like, why do why do you need to tell me your opinion on on why that why that arrow hit the tree and not the bush? Well, like, everyone... I, Why do I need to know that? <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, literally, I, I'm not even asking for your opinion. You know, I'll do my thing. You do your thing. Either watch it or don't, you know? But it, it, what I'm saying is, like, that flow of letting things happen and being open to it, you know, all of a sudden, I'm reading comments, and I'm, like, listening to these opinions, and I'm, like, I had to, like, physically take the computer and throw it across the room and get back on the flow thing again because it's much more fun. You well, know?
0: yeah, and also, I mean, it is – it's just it's just part of the whole package I mean you know like the good news is that I think sometimes people get will get angry about Walking Dead in particular or any or Game of Thrones or whatever it is because they care so much and mm. it becomes a part of them you know it's like they really it it becomes like a part of their family and so when it when it doesn't land you know when the arrow lands in the bush and not in the tree or whatever, but they wanted it to land in the tree. Or vice versa, then it it's like personally affronted because it's so much a part of who they are. And the the good, the positive thing about that is like they love the show, like they're attached to the show. You know, it just it's unfortunate that sometimes it gets expressed in a way that can be very toxic. But it, but again, I mean, it's smart to be able to because some people just live in that space and they just it's like I gotta convert everybody back over. I gotta understand. It's like you're never gonna. You yeah. know, it's like, just let people have their opinions. You don't have to engage in it. It doesn't
1: have to, you know, like, just live your life, you know? You know, can you imagine if I went up to De Niro and I'm like, taxi driver, like, why the fuck did you have a mohawk? Why the mohawk? The mohawk, I mean, nobody has a mohawk anymore. Like, <laughs> he'd be like, what the fuck is your problem? And then they're like, you don't understand. I love that character so much. And he should have had you're a buzzcock. Sure
0: sure you sure he wouldn't say, are you talking to me? I feel like maybe yeah. he would say, are you talking yeah. to me?
1: You know, I mean, look at this. You watch a David Lynch movie. Like, literally... It must. There must be so much criticism in that. But it doesn't seem to bother David Lynch. He well, seems like he's doing his own thing, every, which is everyone, what we want. And, well, David
0: know? Lynch in particular is like a master of transcendental meditation and yeah. has been for, you know, 50 yeah. years. And yeah. so he... I'm, you
1: know, I'm starting. Samantha and I are going to do that in Atlanta when I get back. I recommend it. Yeah. I've been do doing that? it. I've been doing it oh, for wow.
0: mm, like a year and a half. Wow. wow. And it's great. I mean, it's it's really great. The thing that I can tell you about it, and I think the reason that you would really love it is that you know, especially because you're just hearing about like all these art, art gallery stuff that you're doing, and then you're shooting Ride, and then you're shooting Walking Dead, and you, you know, and you have a new baby, and you also have a son who's like 20. You know, it, the more we take on, much like the Fortune 500 guy, he's probably miserable because he had no space in his life. Yeah. And what TM helps to create is space. Wow. Between you and the world, so that you don't always feel like this raw nerve being poked. Oh, dude, I totally need that. Then, <laughs> I, 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 then, if someone bitched about whether a, a, a crossbow bolt me. went into a bush or a tree, you would you would be able to. It's sort of like that scene in the in the, in the first Sam Raimi Spider Man, where Flash Thompson goes to punch him, and then he kind of stops and looks at the fist right. going by. Right. He's in like Spider Man time. Yeah, it's very similar to that, where you like rather than. You you you. It allows you the ability to respond rather than react, right? Which is you know that
1: that's what I need. That's what. That's, and plus, I'm jacked on coffee and I'm super jet lagged at the moment, so maybe that has something to do with it.
0: <laughs> but I honestly think, but yeah. But I honestly think that you know that was such a powerful experience to talk to this guy this this guy who thinks he and again you know it's again that's also subjective. Did he waste his life? Who knows? If he hadn't. You know, like, he could have traveled younger, but then wouldn't have appreciated it as much. Now he really appreciates it because he, you know, unfortunately had to suffer through loss and had to suffer through the misery of the responsibility of... He was
1: enjoying... He was enjoying letting it happen. You know, he didn't have a... I mean, like, the best motorcycle rides are not like, oh, I'm going to go down there and call me back on Tuesday. It's literally like, let's just go west. Mm-hmm. and not having a schedule. Those are the best ones. And be open to whatever
0: yeah. whatever you find. Whatever happens. I mean, I mean it, it
1: what are you doing to
0: pass the time when you're sitting in a hotel in Germany when your face is all carved up? I mean, are you like before you start setting up army men and making a movie, are you just watching TV all the time? Or are you writing? Or are you trying to photograph? Or are you going out in public? Or are you just basically like imprisoned in this hospital?
1: I, I was just freaking out. I was, I was laying in bed and, you know, you're, they have you hooked up to everything. So you're just kind of like, you're sort of in a vegetative state the whole time. But when I started to walk around and I could look myself in the mirror and I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do? Um, I went to a little panic thing. And then started to make things with my hands. You know, like I started to, to pick things up. I started to move things. I started to think about things other than myself. Um, and that turned into that. And oh,
0: that was, a, that was a very powerful sentence that I don't want people to lose. You started thinking about things other than yourself. That's exactly it. Yeah. That's, and I think that's exactly maybe what that guy was experiencing too. He was experiencing the yeah. world so he wasn't just, yeah, we get so fucked up and we're just focused on ourselves. Yeah, it's a dangerous place to be. There. Yeah. Did having your first child did that give you some like, oh, life is really about this? And did that change your perspective? Um, what, was, what was sort of, What was sort of the? How do you feel like you grew from Mingus versus the new uh, the new child?
1: It you know it's similar and it's very different. The um, you know. Mingus when he was really little was already on a path. Like he was a, he was a smart kid. Like he would he would do things like he would take like boxes of little animals, little tiny toy animals and he would put them in a line all the way around snake them around the room. And if you if you moved like the giraffe to the left or if you swapped it with the panda bear, he would come in and nose it go Who moved that? (laughs) And you're like, how do you even know that that is moved? You know, I mean, you know what I mean? Like he would he would do stuff. I I knew he was on a path. So, you know, you know, I'm I'm. I used to I used to take like that gallery I was talking about. He used to, for example, that we did a show. We put on the artwork for one of Heidi Klum's first Halloween bashes in New York, right? so we had artists around the clock making things to put in this in this halloween party right and i had ordered these these bugs that were what it is i made a I made a giant like nine foot plexiglass box and i made an eight pound polyurethane foam life-size statue of myself painted it blue in my underwear holding a knife <laughs> and the thing was i was going to fill it full of flies and have microphones in there and speakers on the outside was like <laughs> You know, the fly larva ended up melting because I, and Mingus is asleep right here, and he wakes me up, because I put it in front of a heater, I was like, I I don't have time for this to to fucking hatch, and for some reason, I thought maybe it would speed up the process and not do any damage, but it, he wakes me up in the middle of the night, daddy, it smells in here, you know, and I made larva soup, so I had to replace (laughs) those bugs with a different bug, but... And and then I ended up doing it with rats. Mingus and I go to all the Petco's, you know, around the city and rats are jumping out of the car. We borrowed a car, jumping around, going up the dashboard and he's diving from the back seat to the front <laughs> seat trying to catch the rats, you know, and, and, you know, he, he was always around that. So with him being the type of kid he was with this type of personality, he just wanted to be there around, you know, and. If I'm doing stuff, he's doing stuff, and he's helping me make things, and you know, so I just included him in my life as what I was doing. I, I, you know, money and stuff like that. I didn't have as much then as I do now with this new baby. So, I I I wasn't worried about it, but but you know, I have a nanny now. (laughs) I travel with a nanny. It's different now, but the little girl thing is is different because you you it's like it's it you want to protect it in a different way she's like you know i mean i'm she, she's got me wrapped on her finger mingus was like let's go let's do stuff and of course he had me wrapped around his finger but i i just mingus was i knew he was going to be okay i knew he was he could handle it. He was like, the little girl, you're like, you you just want to put like a big golden wall around her. Like, nobody heard her, you know? So it's, it's a different vibe and I'm at a different time in my life and, uh, you know, you know, the partners are different, the people are different, the times are different. So they're, they're, they were very, very different and one's a boy, one's a girl. It's, it's different and Mingus and her get along great. I mean, they, literally, he's so fascinated with her and, and, when you know, whenever he has a chance, he's over like holding her and playing with it. Like it's it's really beautiful to watch. Oh, that's nice. He, he's going to protect her. You know, you know, it, it's 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 a really really solid combination. All of it.
0: Do you still feel? Do you still feel like you're able to live open? Or this might be a weird question. Or do you feel a little? imprisoned by success in a weird sort of way? Do you feel like, I always know I got to show up at this time. I, this the, My my next year is planned out. I'm going to be here this time, here, this time, this time. Is that if if you live kind of early in life where you have a little more of a transient vibe, now you do have a lot of the material things that you probably as a young actor were like, Oh, I want to work and I want to do this. But is, is there a part of it that feels a little constrictive?
1: No, it's just different. Um, I was doing what I wanted to do while Mingus was a kid and I was always busy. And I was, I was under, always under a deadline. It's like, I, you know, I wasn't just sitting around playing with paints and so I, w- I, we would have been doing a show like we, 10 of us were putting a show together. We had, we had have have the show ready. We had, you know, we, there was always a deadline for what we were doing and there wasn't, you know, there's no money really going into my pocket for it. Not really. Um, but, I was doing what I wanted to do this with the baby girl. She comes, I mean, she's, she's on set right now with, with Diane in, in Europe, you know, like, and I just left there yesterday. So, you know, we all live together in Georgia. The nanny lives there. We all live together in New York. The nanny has her own area. We travel as a pack, you know, so it's, it's just different. It's, it's not, it's not harder. It's not um, easier. It's not, restricting in any way it's just a different mode yeah i I will say the the fame thing is different because you know we're we didn't want pictures of the little girl all over the place we weren't going to put her on instagram we weren't going to it was like our thing it was like we wanted to protect her you know And, and mingus when he was you know younger not at that age of course but you know I mean, I would, you know, I would get threats about how someone was going to hurt Mingus, like season two of our show. Oh like, my god! You know, I would get, you know, how you how you get to Norman, you get to his son, like you, know, you know. I was constantly like, "Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god!" and I didn't want to have to do that with her, you know, and you know, it's those it's those those internet people, like you know. That's not his baby, and you know it's it's just writing stupid shit, you know, and oh, they call the pot paparazzi whenever they go it's fucking ridiculous right you know, and i i do there is that element to it now where there's photographers that you know across the street like all day long, so there's you know in new york especially there's they're literally camped out in front of our house all day every day, and you know if you don't hide the baby in the stroller with the thing down over her face someone's gonna go oh he's parading the kid around but you don't want to have to live like that so you you kind of figure out how to do it and live your life the way you want to live it and and be happy about it but not be exploitive and not have the people you know who are going to say shitty stuff bother you it's there, it, it, that about the two children are different. A little bit different, yeah. yeah. I wasn't famous with Mingus. You know what I mean? I was just this weird New York kid, you know, making his things. But, you know, not like now. Not, not after walking Dead. you
0: know. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 upfront for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I mean, is it, do you ever envision a time where someday you're going to go, you know, I'm just going to go live in some rural area. Every
1: day. (laughs) Every fucking day. Yeah. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. Like right now.
0: Is it a farm? Yeah. Is it a cabin? Is yeah. it a what, what kind of lifestyle is it?
1: I got my jungle spot I go to in Costa Rica that's literally for that purpose. Uh, I have an upstate place that, you know, I, I go hide in. But, you know, it, you know, it's, it's uh, I mean, my goal when I was in high school was to just live in a house in the woods by myself with a bunch of cats and make art. That was like my goal. You know that's who I wanted to be. Somehow, full circle, I, I might end up doing that. You know.
0: And do you see it as photography? Do you see it as sculpture? Do you see it as just it. like anything that just Whatever kind of I'm into. you?
1: Yeah. You know. Um. Yeah, but you know, and I and my tastes change all the time. Um. You know, it, it's it's all kind of connected. You know, uh, but. You know, I mean, you, I mean, you know, my schedule. Like, I'm literally. I'm on an airport all the freaking time, and and that hustle, that hustle. Like I wouldn't mind winding down. Maybe I'll be on the producing side of something. Maybe I'll, you know, stay over here and over there. It, you know, I want to spend it, the thing. You know, when I did Walking Dead, I was constantly in Georgia, and I was like racing back to New York to hang out with Mingus. And then you know, I have an hour off. I'm racing back to hang out with Mingus. Like I don't want to do that again with the new baby. I don't. I don't. I I want them there. You know. Mm-hmm. And if Diane's doing a movie, like i don't mind going for a month and just walking around a foreign country. Like I, I does not bother me. I c I'll I, I'm not I'm not you know, that I'm not crazed like that. I can find something to do and be happy doing it, but I don't wanna be away from my kid. I don't want to miss any time. Right. You know what I mean? Right.
0: And I think that's what happens as we start to get older, is that we really do understand in it, because you and I aren't that, we're pretty close and we're fairly mm-hmm. close in age, is that um, y- you You know, you just are kind of like, oh yeah, time goes fast. It's yeah. already mid-2019. How the fuck yeah. did that happen? It's July. Yeah. We're at Comic-Con right now. Like, yeah. how does this happen? It's going to be fall soon, and then it's going to be Christmas. Like, I'm, we're already making plans for Christmas. Christmas 2019, it feels like 2019 just started.
1: Yeah. It and really does, and it's going by quickly. It
0: is going by yeah. quickly, so you you just, it's like it just kind of feels like this slippery little eel that you got to time is that you just got to like figure out how to grab and ride on and ride along with, rather than yeah. just watching them, watching it fly by. Uh,
1: you can't buy time, you know what I mean? Like it's 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 the most important thing you have is time. You know? I wonder,
0: did you happen to trade information with that
1: guy, the Fortune five hundred guy? No, and I didn't even ask him what company I was he. I didn't ask him. I I was just gonna let him keep doing his It'd thing. Just be
0: so yeah. interesting to find out like what yeah. eventually if he decides to go back to work or just yeah. bail out and continue being a wanderer to just experience the world. Yeah. Um,
1: is that me? Um, it might be me. I'm sorry. It's, it's Nicotero. It um, it's funny. I talked to Andy this morning and uh, and I was like, dude, it's so weird that you're not here. I was like, I'm mischarging all my incidentals on your room. <laughs> you know? <laughs> And he goes, he goes, I just want you to know that's the sole reason why I left the show. <laughs> you know, I was like, and you know, yet, yesterday I was in L.A. I, I landed in Paris to L.A. and I'm at a hotel and uh, I have a meeting, a breakfast meeting, you know, the next morning. I walked downstairs like half awake and burnfall runs up and gives me a hug. And I'm like, wow, what are you doing here? And he's like. I was meeting a director about a film. I just I stood straight up and just walked away from him. <laughs> you know, it's so nice to see all those dudes. Like you know, John and I talk all the time, and Andy and I talk, and Steven. and you know, it's it's been a wild ride on this show, going from that group and being one of the last people left. This long, it, mm-hmm. it's it's such a trip. I have to tell you, and I and I love the fact that you know an audience member can see my hair get gray on my chin throughout the years, like can see the character evolve and turn into something else. It's great. But, um, you know, I don't want to let time go by with, you know, I, I don't, I love doing the show and I, I want to bookend it, but I, I wouldn't do another 15 season show at this point. I, you know, if I was on Jeopardy, and I want a thousand dollars. I wouldn't go for the five hundred thousand dollars prize. I go. I'll take the check. Bye. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, you, know, you know. I'm. I'm, I'm I, I. If I go outside, people. I'll take. I'll take ten steps, and someone will want a, a photo. It, not just Comic Con anywhere. Right. I have enough money to live off. My my kids are going to be fine. I, I. I want the time. You know what I mean? Like, I like to work, but. You know. I, I've been hustling since I was 12. Yeah. Uh, I don't need to hustle forever.
0: Yeah. yeah. And also, it. I mean, <clears throat> just in terms of like, even if you're just judging by material success, it's like, well, how much does one person need exactly. really? Like, what do yeah. you, like, what do you really, you know, it's like, if you, you're going to get to a point, I mean, I, you're from, scientifically, if you have enough to survive and then a little bit more on top of that to be comfortable, it's like everything else, like, what do you, how much...
1: How much do you need to fill a hole? You know what I mean? If, I, if I'm a billionaire and I still don't know how to turn on my surfboard, I'll be pissed. <laughs> you know what I mean? I can go straight. That's all I can do. You know, you know what I mean? I want to learn how to do that now. <laughs>
0: yeah. What is? What are, you, what are you particularly joyful about in the world right now? I assume it's probably your daughter. Is there anything in addition to that that kind of like...
1: Yeah, I have a really good relationship right now. I mean, it, like, Dinah and I are really a strong bond. And it's, it's you know, I met her on a movie. We didn't know much about each other. And, you know, the movie is about two people falling in love, and we generally fell in love, and it was like a, you know, it was a great pairing. So she's, that's really good. It's, you know, it, it's funny, because, you know, you come to L.A., and, you know, I used to live in L.A., and you have, you know, you, You have that friend of yours or a couple of friends that, you know, you see it all the time. You see like a guy and he's like in his 50s and he's, you know, still looking for the 20 year old girlfriend like forever and ever and ever. And you're just like, it's just not a good look. You know what I mean? Like, it's not a good look. And, you know, like, so what have you been up to? Oh, I shot the Chili Peppers in 91. Like, <laughs> what are you doing now? Uh, you know, I shot the Chili in '91. You ever see the photos? I'm like, yeah, I fucking saw them 12 years ago. But you know, it's you know, if you find somebody you click with, just make that work. Just invest in that. You know, so it's you know, I think people think the grass is always greener on the other side, and they don't realize that it it's sometimes really nice where they're standing. So I, I just, I'm happy about that.
0: Well, know? that's good too. And then also, again, that's about getting out of your own head yeah. and relationships do take investment and they do take care and yeah. they don't just, they happen in the beginning easily because we're all, you know, hopped up on new relationship energy, but it but yeah. a really good solid relationship takes care and, yeah. and nurturing and, you know, yeah. and my mom's important. healthy.
1: My mom's happy. Good. Mingus is killing it. You know, there's a lot to be thankful for. The show's, Awesome! Like I love being on the show. I love working with all these people.
0: People still bring up Boondock Saints too. Oh, I always yeah. feel like there's a bunch of
1: all the time. I, I just did Conan, and on the way out, the security guys were like, when are we doing, Boondock?" You know? <laughs> I'm like, probably never. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, you know, I've 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 really enjoyed the ride, and I, I'm curious to see where we go next. I I don't I don't really worry about things so much. The only thing I would like is like a nap.
0: <laughs> just a nap just a nap just smush yeah. a nap in somewhere yeah, that's it maybe Do not the, sleep maybe on the planes?
1: TM, I can't you know and and uh you know sometimes like if I take a sleeping pill or something I, I you know i supposed to knock you out for five hours I get like an hour out of it but um yeah you know I'm, I'm always always needing nap. maybe the TM would be great for me
0: I mean it is good because it it, the, it if when you kind of learn how to do it it can be like as restful as because sometimes if you take a nap, depending on when you wake up in your sleep cycle, you just feel worse Yeah. or you wake up and it's dark outside and you're just confused and sweaty. Yeah. You're like, what well, what day it is? Yeah. Where am I? Yeah. You know, TM's like 20 minutes. You do it in the morning. Really should do it in the afternoon too. But I tend to just do it in the morning cause I get caught up in stuff. But, uh,
1: I heard Howard Stern talking about it. He's, he, he's and, a big
0: guy. Just Seinfeld yeah. Stern. Yeah.
1: He was, he said he just go, he goes into like a closet at work and he spends 20 minutes and it, Feels like he just slept four hours.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it because it, it and it's it doesn't require effort. It's literally the opposite of effort. You're just letting go. The guy who runs the David Lynch Foundation, Bob Roth, said you just imagine like you're holding a tennis ball and you just relax your hand and
1: you just let the oh, tennis ball I, fall. I, you know, I I'm Bob Roth. Bob Roth. I'm pretty sure R O T H. Pretty sure I have his email. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not kidding. He was on the podcast. He gave
0: out his email on the podcast. He was like, if anyone wants to ask me about TM. Bob Ross, yeah, that's, yes, 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 the TM guy, yeah, 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 yeah. that's him, that's him, he'll hook you up, you know, he'll get someone who can, who can teach you how to do it, and I think you'll really appreciate it, because it, it does give you space, it does let you sort of push the rest of the world out, and in as much as we shouldn't focus on ourselves all the time, we shouldn't neglect ourselves either, we shouldn't neglect the self-care so it's good that you're thinking along those lines, so you don't end up like that <laughs> that guy who had a yeah, crushing I mean, epiphany.
1: You know that uh, Samantha on the show, yeah, Samantha. She's, Moore. Yeah, she's we. You know, we were talking about it, and she found a place in Atlanta, so we might. And it's the same people. Good. Yeah, so we might start doing it there together.
0: That's good. Yeah, yeah let me know how it goes. You, yeah. you know, and if I can offer any help or pointers or whatever, then then let me know. I mean, I'm, I don't know I'm nothing s-
1: about it. I know. I, Oh, other than what I've heard. I don't know if it's a mantra you say or if it's a, you know, it's some sort of meditation. You're given a spouses. mantra, but it doesn't
0: mean anything. If basically, the mantra you repeat in your head, because obviously when you shut your eyes and you lean back, your mind is going to wander. You know, it's like you can quiet your mind for a second, but then you'll start thinking about bills or this or that. Right. And so when you get to those places, you remember the mantra. You're never supposed to tell anyone the mantra because it doesn't mean anything. But they'll give you the word. And then it, it, everyone gets a slightly different word. Um, who and,
1: chooses your word?
0: Well, I, you know, like the person who taught me how to do it gave, right. it, gave it to me. We did this little sort of like gratitude ritual. It's not religious in any way. Is it
1: based on your personality, your word?
0: I don't know. I I don't don't know. She just said don't attach any meaning to it. doesn't mean anything. It's just designed so that when your mind starts to wander, you repeat the word because it sort of pulls you back into the center of what you're doing and sort of just like clears everything back out. And then, you know, it clears back out. And then you, you really do drift. Wow. and um, and then in, you know twenty minutes later you you you,
1: Energize, yeah.
0: you you're energized yeah you feel good but 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 the long term effects are again feeling space feeling more like oh I'm calm you know someone cut me off in traffic and I didn't scream at him I just kind of like yeah.
1: hmm. I think that's why I like riding a motorcycle because I just shut off you shut off and you just ride
0: yeah yeah which is the when is ride coming back.
1: Comes back in October. This season's crazy. We went to Uruguay, uh, Costa Rica, where I met, those, where I met the guy. Um, we went to Tokyo, Kyoto, Osaka, Alabama name, with Rooker because he's from Alabama, which was insane. Uh, and then we went to uh, Kentucky. Yeah, it was it was a crazy season. The show's fun. Like I really, I, I just met Tom Cruise. We were talking about it. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, come on, let's go to Vietnam Come to Vietnam with me <laughs> Oh my god, that sounds yeah. like something he would totally do Yeah, and he, he said he would and, But the his stunt guy that does all the motorcycle stuff with him In the Mission Impossible movies, Greg Smurz Is my stunt guy on Ride Oh wow Yeah. If Tom said he'll do it, he'll do it Yeah
0: Because I moderated a panel with him here a handful of years ago And I just, at the end, I said, hey, would you ever do the podcast? And he looked me in the eye and he said, I, I'll do it And like nine months later he did it Wow. So, if he said he'd do it, he's yeah. just one of those guys yeah. that actually does what he says he's going to do.
1: You know, a friend of mine, a producer, this girl Tracy Falco, has worked with him. And she saw a picture that Jeffrey Dean Morgan posted with Tom Cruise. And she's like, Oh my God, you met TC. And I said, You know what? Also, he came up to me and he goes, You're really good on that show. Oh, man. And I was like, like, Oh my God, oh my God. Tom Cruise. <laughs> Tom Cruise watches our show. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. <laughs> and I told her that. And she's like, That's amazing. And I go, I go, Do you think he was just like pulling my leg, trying to be nice? And she goes, he doesn't lie. And I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh my God Tom Cruise, watch the show. Oh my, God, oh, my God, oh, my God. Yeah, because he doesn't really
0: stand to gain anything by coming yeah. up and saying, like, he just wouldn't say anything, yeah. you know, because he doesn't, why,
1: he doesn't need to. And then she's like, he, he doesn't lie. That's his thing. And I'm like, oh, my God, I like him even more. <laughs> like, what a great way to live your life. <laughs> oh, my I God, I lie. hope the
0: Tom Cruise episode of Ride and, happens. Yeah, right? I really hope that happens. Well, I'm just, I'm so happy for you. And, I, you know, uh, of all these years, just sort of being in the passenger car of well, I'm the, talking to that is the sidecar basically. And it's just been so wonderful to watch everyone grow yeah. and to watch everyone appreciate the show and the fans and the experience as much as they do, which I think has also led to the success of the show. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think people know like you're in it with them and you appreciate it with them.
1: Yeah. Well and- you're in it with them too. Like you're, you're a part of this as well. Like it's, it's a group effort and, Everybody has each other's backs, which is great, you know, and this show started that way. It started with the actors, the producers, the writers, everybody involved had each other's back. You know, that's that's the part about this show I like the best. You know.
0: And then as we're kind of wrapping this down, uh, any piece of advice that you have for people like artists who are trying to find their thing, trying to push through? Trying to, you know, maybe if they're stuck in a hospital after a horrible truck accident or whatever it is, if they're emotionally in that place or they are physically in that place and they're trying to find their inspiration, they're trying to make art when they feel like maybe, because you can't, it's hard to make art every day. Like some days you just feel empty, you know? So how do you push through that? How would you, how would you tell people to push through it to find their thing? Oh, wow.
1: Everyone's different, you know? Um, I guess, you know, just give yourself a break. Just, you know, take a breath and just, like, like look at something and just focus on it, like, in a different way. Like, I mean, the world's hectic enough. And I think, you know, if you you know how to cook and you know spices and you know heat, you know flavors, you'll probably be really good at piano. You know what I mean? Like, it's all sort of connected, Mm -hmm. you know?
0: That's great. Yeah. Well, thank you for being here. And uh, I hope... I know that uh, Comic Con is a crazy ass schedule for you. Yeah, uh, it's not. <laughs> do you it's immediately good. go back to Atlanta after this?
1: Yeah, uh, Sunday to work Monday. Oh my gosh! Yeah, as as I'm doing ADR for Ride uh, at the same time. So,
0: well, uh, take care of yourself. Yeah. And, uh Thank All you, right. Norman. Yeah, it was my pleasure, bro. Good to see you. It's
1: good to see you too, man.
0: ID 10T scanning complete. Enjoy your
1: burrito.
0: When you're committed to raising the standard, you're bound to ruffle some feathers. At Happy Egg, we like to say we farm differently. But in reality, we produce eggs the way people used to, by partnering with local small family farmers who raise our happy hens on eight or more acres. Because in our opinion, farming shouldn't be complicated. It should be happy. Choose happy with Happy Egg. Visit happyegg.com and look for the yellow carton at a store near you. Happy Egg.